classic American music from vaults buried miles underground. And let me tell you, that took a lot of digging. You're hearing the resurgence of shortwave on WTWW Lebanon, Tennessee, USA. Welcome to the Digicom Cafe, located at the intersection of faith and technology. We hope you enjoy your cafe experience where we cater to your digital and spiritual appetites and build interest in the amateur radio hobby, one story at a time. Please stand by as we get ready to launch this episode of Radio on the Rocks. You are about to listen to a Radio on the Rocks cafe cast with your host, Denny J, K5DCC, in the Digicom Cafe Communications Network. Enjoy and participate in Denny's reality radio activities of the day in this dynamic cafe cast as he builds each daily episode, segment by segment, with amateur radio contacts, interviews, nets and interesting news from around the world. Now grab a glass and fill it up with some radio on the rocks. Good afternoon. It is Saturday, January 25th, 2020, here in the Digicom Cafe, located in the Ozarks, the beautiful Ozarks of northern Arkansas, just a stone's throw away from Branson, Missouri. Today, the sun is shining. It is almost 50 degrees at 12.30 in the afternoon. Not too bad. I'm going to have to get out and go for a walk and enjoy some sunshine. I need some vitamin D. I've been locked up here in the shack for uh, too many hours but it was worth it. Today, I was really excited to get to know a new friend, part of the QSO America Group, or the FARG, that's Friends of Amateur Radio Group. We had a nice conversation with Dennis Stage, K4PU. I'm not gonna say any more than that. You'll hear about it in our interview. But Dennis is uh, the same age as me, 68 years old, been a ham for uh, over 50 years, more than me. But we had so many interesting things in common, and he had quite a story to tell. We will get into that interview shortly. Right now, I'm uh, kind of interested in telling you about a podcasting platform that we use in our blogcast in the Mighty Networks platform that we have. It's called Overcast. Overcast is just a clean and simple podcast player. When you click on any of the links in our blogcast, it'll take you into a specific time segment or the entire episode. I'm going to get my phone out here and uh, kind of describe it to you. Uh, the main color theme is orange. And when, uh, when it comes up, you'll see my logo at the top. It says, what's your story? And once it starts to download, it'll begin playing. You'll see two buttons on either left or right of the play button. One says, go back 15 seconds, or the right one says, go forward 30 seconds you can set timers you can share it to your screen if you click and drag on the top graphic to the right another window will come over that'll give you a couple other choices like smart feed which shortens the silences and voice boost so full volume smooth voices uh, depending on what kind of podcast you're listening to some segments could be kind of quiet and you have to keep adjusting volume well if you click on that voice boost button It'll make it all pretty much level. Plus, you can listen to it at any speed. Less than one time speed, all the way up to three times speed. And believe me, that sounds kind of weird. Uh, in fact, let me give you a demonstration of that. Other guests here in the cafe this morning. Uh, now let me speed it up. Can you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and uh, your journey? 
into what that become a life passion for you. I don't know how anybody can understand that, but it keeps your tonal quality the same, just speeds up the uh, the speech. It kind of sounds like those funny commercials where they have to rattle off all the legal stuff at the end of a commercial because they only have so much time. Well, some people, believe it or not, actually listen to their podcast at up to six times speed. Can you believe that? Uh, it won't be me. I like it normal speed. Just take it easy. But anyway, that's uh, one of the cool features. Then uh, if you uh, scan that graphic at the top to the left, you'll get the information that I put into the actual show notes on the platform that I record these on, and that's anchor.fm. So anyway, I would encourage you to uh, go to our blogcast. That's in our Mighty Networks community, and uh, please join. Uh, We've got several different topics that you can share your own posts uh, under, including... uh, show your shack i'd like to see pictures of your shack in fact of those that i work on the air and are able to obtain an interview session with them i'll always share their qrz.com link and grab a picture or two from their biography or from their profile and share it in the blog which is all tied to each day's cafe cast just some extra content to make it interesting and give you some backdrop on some of the things we talk about in the interviews always trying to build up others whether it's an amateur radio club or a ministry or a business or or anything that would be of interest to my listeners today i'm actually going to be promoting our favorite charity and it came up in our conversation today with dennis you'll hear that in that segment dennis as well as others have asked me uh, if we need any money for what we're doing here with the digicom cafe and i told him no i really don't need any money i'm not here to make money i'm here to promote others and uh, if anybody wants to give to what we're doing i want to direct them directly to our local ministry here called tetelis die house in fact, I created an article in our Mighty Networks, and I'll share that in the links on the broadcast for this episode that'll introduce you to our friend Tracy Lindsay, who is director of the Tetelestai House, which is a ministry that reaches out and assists women getting out of jail or prison uh, who have no place to go. They can be part of our program for a year, live in our house, and uh, we help them get jobs, get established, find hope and restoration for the mistakes and bad choices that they've made, introduce them to Jesus. Uh, They can end up coming to our church and getting loved on and uh, their family relationships are restored. They get uh, their kids back, their husband back, uh, get back in uh, touch with their parents that they may have alienated. So anyway, you'll find all that information in this episode of Radio on the Rocks and my interview with Dennis Stage. K4PU and no it doesn't stink. I'll be back. Well, here's some technology I know how to use. <laughs> well, it's uh, good to get to meet you finally. I know you're a big part of the QSO America group, the FARG group. Uh, everybody talks so highly of you. And when I saw your shack on your QRZ profile today, I was just blown away. That is beautiful. Oh, that's much. It's been it's been improved since that photograph. Uh, like I said, we we've added a server rack, and uh, I guess when I retired a few years ago, I, I I decided to jump into this hobby full with both feet, and uh, I did. <laughs> wow. So, so how old are anyway. you? I am sixty-eight years old. Hey, we're the same age. I'm a sixty-nine grad. Oh, well, me too. I wow. graduated from 69, went to Army Flight School shortly thereafter, and then a little vacation over in Southeast Asia, and 
and the rest is history. Wow. Probably have a lot in common. I, I got my ticket when I was a junior in high school in my electronics class. How about you? Well, I, I got my little earlier. I was 14, and uh, I had a friend of mine whose dad, he and his dad both were big in CB, and they had CB radios. I just thought that was the coolest thing I've ever seen. Well, after about a year of playing with CB, they, they both got their licenses and, and got rid of the CB rig. And and uh, I, I forgot, I think they had a um, Holocrafters receiver and a Heathkit CW transmitter. Well, I just thought that was a coolest thing I'd ever seen. Uh, forget CB. I liked this Morse code thing. So make a long story short, I, I did the study and all that, took the test and passed, took the code test and passed. And my first call was WN4ARB, and I kept that for a year. Of course, back then, I was just, I don't know what this, the rules are now. Back then, you had to do something at the end of a year. Either you upgraded or you lost your privileges. So I upgraded to a technician. I actually tried to upgrade to general, uh, and uh, I passed the code test. No, no, I passed the written test, but I missed the code test by one character, so they gave me the technician license, and I went back the very next day to the FCC office and took it again and passed. So, and then I upgraded an extra few years ago. Yep. Uh, only because I got tired of having to look at the little color chart to see where I could go and where I couldn't go. <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, yeah, that my novice call was WN0 Whiskey Charlie X-ray. You're right. After a year, you had to upgrade, but I didn't wait that long. I got my general uh, WA0WCX and shortly after that and I was that call sign for many years until 10 years ago in preparation for moving from Minnesota down here to Arkansas I got my vanity call KD5DLJ which are my initials right. and, then, and then a couple of years ago I started the Digicom Cafe so I I did another vanity call switch now it's K5DCC so I'm kind of branding the cafe here Oh, that's what that stands for. I uh, I was WN4, uh, WN4, I was WA4GLI for 40-something years, and then about two years ago, uh, I said, you know, I want a shorter call sign, because CW, you know, you know two, two characters is two characters, and I wanted a four-character call sign, so I put in for the lottery, and uh, I didn't get anything, and I kind of forgot about it, and one day, uh, uh, I was checking my email, and it said something about uh, your license, and I clicked on it, and there was a license, uh, K4PU, and I thought, K4PU, boy, I don't want that call. Uh, but, you know, I've got it. It's four characters. I like it, and I've got a good sense of humor. I don't have a thin skin, so um, I, I'm not changing it. <laughs> it is what it is. So It's kind of catchy. I mean, you're kind of uh, standing out in the crowd. I like that. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> I think I saw some graphic for your net with somebody holding their nose. <laughs> yeah, on the on the uh, um, uh, teapot. Uh, I don't know if Sean told you how the teapot thing came about, but on the teapot and PU's website, on my call, there's a skunk on the left with a P holding its nose, and there's a skunk on the right with a U holding its nose. So I didn't make that logo, but I think it's catchy, so I don't care. Like I said... <laughs> You know, it's, if, if I didn't have a sense of humor, I'd have been dead many years ago. Yeah. Well, tell me about the teapot and PU net. I don't know much about it. Well, 
the way this guy started, it was Sean. Sean decided he wanted a net on Friday. You know, I'm not. By the way, I'm not in the leadership of, of Farg or any of this stuff. I just kind of sit in the background, and they consult me from time to time on things that maybe I know something about, but most of the time they don't. So, uh, but I just kind of sit in the background and help wherever I can. You know, if there's somebody that needs something that I have, I'll send it to them. Uh, but anyway, the way this got started was Sean wanted a net on Friday night uh, where he talked about technical things. And uh, and I thought that was a good idea. And that's kind of where I am. I build things. I'm a builder. I build tons of stuff. Hmm. If I had a dollar for every uh, CW transmitter I built, I probably could buy another server rack over here. But uh, so we, we he started this net. It was just him. And I was a participant. And it got to be where the only two people that were bringing anything to the table was Sean and me, uh, only because I, I build a lot of things and know, know a little bit about it and because he's interested. So one night he said, you know, we just ought to call this the teapot and PU thing. And, um, and, and the next day I woke up and there was a logo and all that sort of stuff. And I said, oh, I guess I'm part of it. The way the teapot thing came about, is Sean and Matt. Sean and Matt and Tony are the three principal officers of uh, FARG, uh, Friends of Amateur Radio Group, which hosts this the digital side, and All-Star. So they're the three guys. And uh, and so uh, they had a little uh, bet going between Chicago Matt and 9YBK, who's now running the net on the digital side this morning, and, uh, and uh, uh, Sean. If Sean could get 185 people signed up, or some number, I'll forget the number, on the Facebook page, then uh, Matt was going to have to sing I'm a Little Teapot on the next net. (laughs) If he missed it, Sean was going to have to sing I'm a Little Teapot. Well, he missed it by three, I think. So the next net, here comes Sean singing I'm a Little Teapot on the net, which he did, and the name just kind of stuck, and that's how that came about oh that's funny now you said there's a net right now and mike in fact i've, I've got my rt4 right in front of me i see that uh matthew is uh transmitting right now yep. let me just turn the volume up see what, what this net sounds like real quick yeah this is uh um, easy to hear net. But, uh, it's, it's been nice to uh, be able to uh, it's been a long time and like like you mentioned uh, the yeah. other day very neat. Well, I'll, I'm missing it. That's a shame. I want to get involved in all the different activity you guys are uh, doing here. It sounds like a pretty active little club. And uh, Yeah, we, we keep busy, and I'm missing it too, but the only reason I'm missing it, I, I would have uh, asked you to put this off for a few minutes to let me join the net, but I'm having uh, hotspot problems I can hear, but it won't hear me, so oh. I've got to reflash the SD card, which up here in the mountains you have to do every once in a while. Now, where are we you? Get, uh, Jasper, Georgia. And you have it mountains is, there? Well, well, we call them mountains. Yeah. Uh, I'm in the second highest spot in Georgia, which is not high compared to Colorado and probably even Arkansas, but I'm at 3,500 feet. Well, that's higher and than it, me. And Atlanta is at 1,000 feet. Okay. So I'm 2,500 feet higher than the home I own in Marietta. Uh, okay. I have another house in Marietta, which actually technically my wife owns the house in Marietta and I own the cabin. And okay. we visit each other. <laughs> well, you know how they talk about uh, the mountains in the Ozarks. Uh, it's really yeah, not oh yeah. The, it's not that the mountains are so high; it's the valleys are so deep. It's basically a plateau that's been eroded away, and so right. we're on a hill. 
I'm looking at hills around us and down a deep valley, but we're only at 850 feet above sea level. Oh, mercy. Yeah, well, it's kind of weird. At three at three thousand five hundred feet, you can imagine uh, the advantages I have. And of course, I'm putting a repeater here. I don't know if Sean told you that, but we're putting up three repeaters. Uh, I'm putting one here. I don't. And Sean's putting one in Yuma, Arizona, and the third one, Tony and Matt haven't figured out where they want it yet, but it will be somewhere in Illinois. Uh, I just don't know where you're putting it. And I'm ready for the repeater. I've got the rack. I've got the duplexer tuned up to the right frequency. I've got the antenna. I've got the coax. I just waiting on Yezu. To, they said they were four weeks behind, and yesterday was the third week, so into the third week. So hopefully next week I'll have a repeater up here. Cool. And I understand it's a fusion machine, but if you could clarify for me, because I don't totally understand how fusion works, there's fusion oh. YSF. And there's wires X and well, what? Well, you you're talking to the little... wrong guy about that. Because, oh, really? Okay. Yeah, Sean would be able to explain fusion to you a lot better than I can. But I will just tell you that this repeater can do digital or it can do analog. Um, it could do either one. So I'll probably do both. I'll probably run an analog side, which uh, we'll hook uh, All Star to. Um, and then uh, you can't run them at the same time, unfortunately. You can run digital and you can run analog, but you can't run them at the same time. Okay. So I'll probably uh, have a schedule where the digital side will be open when the digital nets are available, and then the analog side will be open whenever we have some activities on the analog side. We'll probably just switch back and forth like that. But the way that I understand that it works is uh, – Right now, the way it works, there's a the server, a computer server in Spain. It's FCS004. If you just go into Google and Google FCS, uh, Foxtrot Charlie Sierra 004 reflector, if you just Google that, it'll take you right to the site. And connected to that site is, um, uh, used to be American Rank Chief 2. Now it's, uh, what, are, what are we calling it this week? <laughs> <laughs> QSO America. Uh, yeah, QSO. Thank you. Uh, I tell you, these doctors have me on so many drugs that sometimes I can't remember who I am. QSO America. And so the QSO America uh, connects to the server in Spain, and then they have a series of jumbo spots which act kind of like mini servers and uh, connected to Raspberry Pis, and then that goes to uh, uh, out the system somehow through Wires X. Uh, and don't ask me how that works, because I have no clue. <laughs> but I do know this. I am staring at a brand-new Wires X in the box. It's called a HRI 200, and that's a Wires X machine. And Wires X stands for something like Wide Internet something something. But anyway... It's it's really Yezu's way of making money. It's their proprietary little device. And if you want to go uh, onto one of these uh, fusion reflectors, uh, you have to have one of these. Now, you don't have to have one to go onto the system. All you need is a hotspot or a jumbo spot or whatever. Mm -hmm. But if you want to have your own room, like let's say you want to have Denny's breakfast room or something like that, then you'd have to have a X device get it registered with uh, Yezu. In my case, I have one that's going in a rack. In fact, it's going in the rack today. Uh, I haven't registered it with Yezu yet, but it won't. they won't activate it until I do. It will connect directly to the computer. The computer will recognize it because it's a, it's a Yezu system fusion computer. It will recognize it. 
set everything up automatically. So my my repeater, when somebody keys on digital to the input frequencies, it will go to wherever I've directed it. In this case, I'm going to direct it to QCell America, but I could direct it to any room I wanted to. So just off the top of my head, considering this uh, name, Wires X, it kind of sounds like cross your wires. So they must be kind of doing some bridging is what it's about. Well, let me just tell you, I got the, I got the box right here. I'll tell you what it says. I think this is the right box. I got too many boxes. Okay, WiresX stands for Wide Coverage Internet Repeater Enhancement System. Oh. <laughs> well, that doesn't mean much, but <laughs> yeah, it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> well, then below that it says Digital Slash Analog Internet Internet Connection Kit for Amateur Radio. Well, uh, this s- product can only be con- uh, used in conjunction with a wire server at Yezu Music Company. Yada yada yada. See, you have to sign a server user agreement, send it back, register on the wire server, and when it's been completed, a server ID number will be assigned to you, then you'll be able to use a wire server. So this is just the wires X is think of it as a hotspot for fusion. Okay. Uh, if, you, if you want to create a room or set up a room, uh, you don't again, you don't need this. If you just want to connect, you can do that with a jumbo spot. So it sounds very similar to the other digital modes, but the radios, I understand, are much easier to deal with and program. You don't have code plugs and all that kind of stuff. It's the easiest. Well, actually, All-Star is the easiest, yeah. uh, but it's the easiest I've encountered. I, I, I've got a, a, a ICOM 9700, but I've never been on any of the other digital modes. The only two digital modes I've been on is uh, uh, System Fusion and uh, DMR. And the thing I don't like about DMR is the code plug. You know, it just takes you. You got to go in. You got to get it set up right. Then you got to uh, talk groups, and uh, it's just a pain. But uh, a friend of mine, actually a friend of mine that I met on the radio in Vietnam, uh, when we found out each other were hams, and we also found out that each other were sponsoring our local Mars station. I I, I was the officer in charge of the Mars station in Fuloi, uh, which is in the Mekong Delta. And Pat Stewart, KA6P, was uh, in charge of the Mars station, KB8 Alpha Alpha Mike, and Benoit. And we used to uh, chat from time to time. Of course, that those were not our primary duties. I was a helicopter pilot, and he was tank commander. So, uh, you know, we'd go do our thing, and if we had some time off, we'd go to the Mars uh, room and run everybody out and, and chat with each other. But... Uh, anyway, he got me hooked into this DMR. He said, you got to go DMR. you got to go DMR. And I went DMR, and I talked to him, and there's another fellow here in Georgia, WI4X, uh, Rick, who's big into satellite and who's helping me set up my satellite system. I talk to him almost every day, but other than that, I don't use DMR at all. It's just too much of a pain. Well, plus, doesn't the audio kind of grate on you after a while compared to Fusion? Well... You're going to find this out, so you might as well hear this from, from the guy who's the chief complainant. Uh, <laughs> this room, this this room, a QSO America, it does weird things. You'll hear, we call them burps, you well, know, that, where a guy like will be talking. Like the old DMR go, days. Burp, yeah. burp, you know, it'll do that. And, uh, from, and every time I complain about it, I get the same answer. Well, it's the server in Spain. There's nothing we can do about it. Um, but... That's why uh, I, I took the uh, jump into All-Star and started building All-Star nodes. It's because even though it's analog uh, audio, 
Uh, you don't have dropouts. You don't have burps. Right. And if you key up too quick, you grab somebody's tail. If I, let's say I'm talking and I turn it over to you, and you key up instantly. Well, you're going to grab my signal, and it's going to look like I'm still talking. And if you talk for two minutes, it's going to look like I was talking for two minutes, and nobody will be able to hear you uh, until you stop talking. So, you know, there are issues with system fusion that I'm not wild about, and that's, sure. that's a couple of them. Yeah, well, All-Star is really cool but because it's full duplex, and you could hear two or three people talking at the same time. Clearly, yeah, we've and we've had that. We've actually had issues where you know we doubled with somebody else, yeah. but you could hear both of them right. and understand both exactly. of them. Exactly, you're I, not going to do that with System Fusion. I love All Star. What's your node number? Uh, it's five zero five four twenty. Five zero five four twenty. So you came in rather late then. Mine is two seven six one nine and two seven six two two. Oh yeah, I've, I've only been on All Star for about three months. Oh really? Uh, wow. Yeah, but I got hooked on it. I started building these nodes, and uh, I built the one that Sean talks on. I built his. I built mine, obviously. I just finished one for KD2PNR, but it's got all kinds of bells and whistles on yeah. it. It's got, got a VU meter. It's got <laughs> an amp meter uh, and just other things. Uh, and I'm about to build three more units for guys, but they're going to be very simple. They're going to be uh, the Sherry. I don't know if you're familiar with Sherry. But they're going to be the Sherry system plugged into a Raspberry Pi 3. And the only modification I'm making to them, besides building a power supply that will run everything, uh, the only modification I'm making is I'm tapping off the audio inside the Sherry unit itself and sending it to a Class D little amplifier, which is connected to a speaker, so they can monitor what's going on on All-Star, even if they're, like in my case, the radio battery dies. Uh, you can't talk on it, of course, but you can at least monitor it. So that's how I got started in All Star, and and, uh, and so there, here we are. From what you're saying, you've got an All Star hotspot with a TFT display. No, there's no display. Okay, it's it's a when I say monitor, I'm talking about audio monitor. Right. Uh, yeah, it simply simply allows you to hear what's going on uh, uh, on All Star without having to have a radio. Uh, it's, oh, okay. Think, think of it as a radioless node, right. uh, with, with the exceptions you can't talk to it. Now, I could very easily, well, it'd be easy to do, but it'd be a little time-consuming. I could make a complete radioless all-star node where I just put a, a microphone with a DTMF on the back of it uh, and do some make some modifications to the audio system and the sound card, and I could make it a complete radioless node where you don't even need a radio. Yeah. But, uh, I, I, and I may play with that for me, but I'm not going to start doing that for somebody else. Right, right. I built, I built Sean's All-Star node, and the word got out. The next thing you know, I've got all these people want me to want to buy them. I said, <laughs> no, I'm not selling you anything. I'll, I'll give you one. Uh, you can reimburse me for the parts, but uh, the list got rather long. It's down to four people now. When they're gone, that's it. Yeah. Well, I have been a big fan of All-Star for a long time. And, one thing I love about this DB Switch mobile app is uh, I can connect to my All-Star nodes in the cloud and here at home from anywhere in the world as long as I have cell coverage or Wi-Fi. And it sounds beautiful. I love All-Star. That's my favorite. That's cool. Yeah. Now, you say you have nine hotspots, I, I think you mentioned it. Yeah, I just got I got carried away building these things, and uh, uh, I just 
I like these. I don't know if you're familiar with these C4 labs. They're the ones that make the you know plastic uh, enclosures that you put hot spots in. Multiple uh, layers. Really, yeah, you know, they're layers. You're right. They're in layers and all that. Well, I just got carried away and started building these things. And it got to be where I could build them so cheap. I mean, I can build a jumbo spot for about 30 bucks. Hmm. Uh, buy the parts from China online and put it together and put it on a Pi-Star Zero, which cost about maybe $12, $13, and put it in one of these little enclosures, and boom, I got one. So I just got carried away and started building them, and I've given four of them away. And what I'm doing is they're just sitting on the shelf, and if somebody says, look, I really need uh, a jumbo spot or a hot spot, and I really need it fast, well, I can overnight one to them. And mm. uh, I, I, I never let them pay me because I don't want to get in. I don't want anybody knocking on my door going, okay, let's see your business license, right, right, right. see your sales tax receipt. So <laughs> I just give it to them. Yeah. That's awful no nice big deal. of you. So those, well, those Pi Nanos, they can actually handle all that kind of data? Pi Zero? Or Pi Zero, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, in fact, most of the, most of the well, all of the jumbo spots are on Pi Zero. Hmm. All of them. Every, wow. every single one because they, they won't fit on a, on a full-size Pi. Right. Uh, well, I guess it would on a full size uh, Raspberry, but uh, but most but they're mostly designed for the Pi Star Zero. Um, the only problem with the Pi Star Zero is there's no um, there's no HDMI port. Um, there's a little mini thing that you can go in mini USB port, but if you wanted to you know see the video on it, it's not easy. Mm-hmm. But it's great for a vehicle. Uh, like in my case, I have a T-Mobile uh, hotspot, you know, a separate little device that just is nothing but uh, a, a cell phone hotspot that brings the internet into my truck, and then I connect to that with uh, uh, with a jumbo spot, which really is just a little hat sitting on top of a Pi Star Zero, and uh, I haven't had a, an ounce of trouble with it as long as I am in an area that has coverage of any kind. Uh, cell phone coverage of any kind, then it works. We're T-Mobile users also. I left Verizon. I thought their prices were getting too high, and I I really like T-Mobile. Coverage isn't as good, maybe, but uh, what are your thoughts about T-Mobile's coverage? Well, I, I like T-Mobile as well. We've we've had issues with the coverage. Uh, I've been on T-Mobile as long as T-Mobile's been in existence. Um, I think the first year they were in is when we went with them, back when you had the old bag phone, you know. Um, but, uh, their coverage was lacking. Uh, we couldn't even, even the house in Marietta, we couldn't get coverage. And, and I mean, it's a suburb of Atlanta and mm-hmm. it's right close to the interstate and we still couldn't get coverage. So we were going to switch about 15 years ago. We complained about it and they came out and put up a new cell tower <laughs> <laughs> just because we complained. Now they weren't doing it to keep us, right. obviously, but the fact is we brought it to their attention. You've got a big area out here with users uh, that can't connect their cell phone to you and they're going to go someplace else if you don't do something. Yeah. Uh, up here at the, at, the, at the mountain, almost the same thing happened about three years ago. Uh, we couldn't get coverage up here, and uh, I didn't really care because I got a, a landline, but my wife does everything. She's married to that little box, you know, <laughs> and uh, she does everything on her cell phone. So we called and said, look, what's the story here? And they said, well, we're actually uh, just signed a contract to put a uh, a new cell tower up on, on a place called Monument Road in Jasper. I said, that's where I live, Monument Road. So 
they put because uh, we're the you know big high spot in the area. There's a lot of towers. There's the FAA towers up here for uh, uh, for final approach for Atlanta, and uh, then there's all kinds of other stuff. But uh, they put a cell phone tower up, so it, it works better. It's not perfect, but it works better. Well, I don't know if you've read anything about the CEO of T-Mobile. He's quite a progressive guy, and he's building quite a company. Have you ever looked well, him up? No, I haven't. Uh, I will tell you that uh, I, I, everywhere I went, of course, I even when in my airline pilot days, because I was all over the place, you know, uh, I, I've always been able, from a hotel or wherever, to use T-Mobile. But usually, of course, when you're flying for a living, they're putting you. They're not putting you up out in the suburbs. They're putting you up in a in a hotel close to the airport. So usually, when you're close to the airport, that's where all the you know good cell service is going to be and all that sort of stuff. So I I just have no complaints with T-Mobile as far as their coverage goes. It could be better, but uh, you know it works. Well, they sure have reasonable prices. In fact, my RT4 is basically a network radio. I've got a SIM card in it. I have unlimited data for ten bucks a month. Well, that's kind of like this uh, mobile hotspot. You know, Sean was going to g- get one because he's doing everything through his phone. I'm surprised his phone hasn't melted down yet. <laughs> but uh, I, I got one, and it's twelve dollars a month. And, and three of that twelve dollars is to buy this actual device. I was going to buy it. Uh, you can buy it on Amazon for forty nine bucks. And I was going to buy the device myself, but. Uh, you know, they really were pushing it, pushing it, pushing it. And I did the math. I figured I'm going to end up paying $25 more in the long term to own this thing than I would if I just bought it outright. So I made this salesman happy and said, okay, I'll just take yours. <laughs> but uh, 12 bucks a month, man, you can't go can't go wrong with that. No, no, for sure. And it is. In my data plan, now I don't have the top data plan, but I've gotten somewhere in the middle with a data plan on it for 12 bucks a month. That's not bad. No. I think we've got two gigabytes of uh, LTE speed, and yep. after that, it drops to 3G. I never make two gigabytes with it, so I'm very oh, happy. Oh, wow. I never even make one gig. I wouldn't make a half a gigabyte. But, <laughs> yeah. Well, I like the idea of just having one device. I don't have to have hotspots. I don't have to have multiple radios. I can just use this RT4, which is nothing more than an Android phone in an HT format. It looks like a Motorola radio. But I can also and use you can it. use that on System Fusion. Yeah, I can DMR, D-Star, Fusion, P25, NXDN, All-Star. Well, uh, I'll go right there. It's an RT4. RT4, but there's many others. I mean, you can get uh, basically what look, would look like a smartphone, but uh, has push to talk on the side. So they're very yeah. low profile. Put them in your shirt pocket and use it. Yeah, I looked them up last night uh, when uh, when you guys were talking about it on the net and saw them. Uh, uh, you know they're not that expensive and you're right i carry i usually end up with uh, actually now four radios one is the ftm 400 but that's permanently installed in my truck um which is going to be parked for six months because uh, after my certain neck surgery they, they won't let me drive but um so i've got three other radios i carry around two ft 70 d's one i keep on uh uh, All-Star, the other I keep on the easy, uh, not easy here, but on the uh, QSO America digital side. And then the third one, because everybody has to have their own proprietary deal, is for a DMR. 
So I walk around with three HTs hanging out of my various <laughs> pocket, yeah. and it's uh, it, I don't like it. It's a pain. Yeah. So if I can find a way to eliminate that, yeah, I'm all for it. Well, I know you're already into All-Star. You can use DV Switch software, which uh, runs on Linux. It installs on your right. uh, on your Raspberry Pi. That will allow you to bridge it to your favorite DMR talk group or Fusion or D-Star, whatever you want. So you just, when you want to go Fusion, you push a couple of buttons or something and you're there? Yep. Yeah. And uh, you, you can create macros. So you can just uh, tap on the macro that goes right to QSO America. Right there. I mean, it's nothing. It's so easy. Well, I'm gonna to have to look into that uh, just because I'm like I said, in the winter time it's not that big. I got a heavy coat on with uh, six pockets, but in the summertime, <laughs> I don't want a, all these radios hanging out. Plus, I keep dropping them. Well, I keep actually I keep falling, and the radios go with me. So, oh my, <laughs> Sean and I would. But he was at my house last uh, time, which is about three weeks ago. Uh, he ended up taking my FD70D, and I ended up with his. And I dropped it, and I can't get it to work. So oh, bummer. Off to Yezu for it. Uh, but uh, anyway, uh, yeah, I'll look into that. I, yeah. I think I think that's great. So you, um, have, you have some serious health issues as a result of uh, being in Vietnam or anything? Well, yeah, I was actually wounded on July the 19th, 1971 at 8.31 in the morning. That's something you never forget as long as you live. My co-pilot was killed. He's buried in... Uh, uh, Kennewick, Washington. I don't know if you know where that is. I, I, it took me years to find out where he was buried because uh, they medevaced me out, uh, uh, and I think both of our door gunners uh, were beat up pretty bad, but they did survive. They medevaced me out, and uh, so I wasn't able to escort his body back to the States because I was in a hospital in Japan for 32 days having my face put back together oh, my and, uh, and other various parts put back together. So uh, over the years, you know, uh, I've been in perfect health. I, I flew, uh, I continued to fly uh, helicopters and fixed wing for the Army. Um, I flew a lot of interesting fixed wing missions uh, after I got out of the helicopter part of it. But I did that. I flew for the airline, so you have to be in good shape for that. Uh, I was in great physical shape. Uh, and then uh, one day about uh, six and a half months ago, I started having severe pain on the right side of my body, nerve pain. And, I mean, it was severe. I already knew what the problem was because I had earlier had the same thing with my neck. My cervical spine is fused. Well, it's every every uh, joint, uh, C1 down to C7, except for two of them, are fused together, uh, all because of this, you know, being hit. Uh, again, it's not the, it's not the landing that gets you. It's the quick stop. Yeah. So, the, the the quick stop did a number on my neck and my back, and uh, over the years, things just deteriorated. You know, you get older, and, and uh, you get a little flabbier, and things like that start happening to you. So, to make a long story short, I went in for surgery. They discovered I had uh, three uh, vertebrae where they needed to fuse, put cadaver bone, and other things in. So, they did that, and... Uh, for the first week after the surgery, I felt great. In, in retrospect, uh, that was probably the morphine they pumped into me. Mm. Uh, but I felt great. Then all of a sudden, uh, I noticed that it was being very difficult for me to stand up. Uh, and then it was getting difficult for me to walk. And finally, I had to go buy a cane. Well, it got progressively worse. I kept trying to tell the doctor something was wrong, something was horribly wrong. 
Uh, I had extreme nerve pain everywhere. I couldn't sleep in a bed. I couldn't lie down. Yada, yada, on it went. The doctor said, oh, you just need to give it more time. Well, finally, after uh, five and a half months, and uh, I'd had enough with him, so I went to Emory. Uh, Emory University is one of the big medical schools here. So I went to Emory University, fine care, and they did a bunch of imaging, and they said, well, what has happened is when he fused your vertebrae, when he put the fuse together, he should have extended it down one more level, and he didn't. And that level, of course, since everything else is fused together, everything else is tied together with steel rods and screws and all that, then all the stress that you, everyday stress just from walking and doing other things, are now going down to that one joint, and it is fractured to where it's almost non-existent. They show mm-hmm. me the, the image of it, and it's not a pretty sight. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. how they're going to put that joint back together is, is a mystery to me, but they did explain it to me, so... What they've got to do now is uh, is go in from the back and remove all of the hardware that this quack, I mean, this other doctor uh, put in me. They're going to remove every bit of it. Then they have to go through the front, and they have oh, to build what's called a cage. They build a cage around those joints, and they anchor that cage down to your uh, pelvic bone. Then they go back in through the back. This is where the second surgery comes in. They go back into the back and straighten everything up with rods and screws and and uh, fix all of that. And if I survive all that, they say that I'll be walking like a normal person. But it's, you know, they read the riot act to me. He said, here's what you can expect. If you don't follow this, don't waste our time and your money because mm-hmm. it'll fail. You can't drive for three months. Mm-hmm. Then you can only drive short distances, no traveling, no air travel, no train travel, no long-distance driving. Um, you know, you can forget about your motorcycle. I've got a a, a tri-up, a big motorcycle, <laughs> well, lots of chrome on it. So I, it's going up for sale, yeah. and because uh, it's just not fair to it, to let it sit there for a year and a half, and all that sort of stuff. So you know, well, God bless you for your service, first of all, and second, uh, I heard something you were talking about in our conversation on. Uh, the system this morning that led me to believe that you found peace with all this and that you are a man of faith. Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, there's no saying uh, in, in the military there are no atheists in foxholes. Um, you know, when you're when you're getting shot at every day, uh, it, it's an eye-opening experience. Well, I was 18 and a half years old flying a $6 million helicopter uh, with guns and rockets on it. I thought this was the greatest thing in the world. It didn't occur to me that somebody might actually try to kill me until they did. Um, but, yeah, I, I made peace with God a long time ago. You know, I uh, I lost a child early on. Um, and he never made it back from the hospital. And, and you know, everybody, everybody, it doesn't make any difference how tragic you think your life is. If you turn left and right, you will find somebody who has a far more worse situation than you're in. You know, I whine and moan because I'm in severe pain. I mean, I am in severe pain every day, and it's hard to walk. It's hard to do things. And then I was at the grocery store one day driving around one of these little carts, you know, because I can't walk. And here came a guy on crutches with one leg. And I thought, you know, what am I whining about? And the thing I like like about uh, about, uh, interacting with God 
is God, I believe God answers prayers. I believe he answers every single prayer when we get on our knees and say, Lord, in the name of Jesus, I'm asking you to, this. I believe he answers every one of them. But he does it in his time frame, and he doesn't always give us the answer we're looking for. Um, and I made peace with that a long time ago. If, if the Lord wants me to be in a wheelchair, I'm going to be in a wheelchair. If he wants me to walk, I'm going to do everything in my power to make that happen. You know, I've got to do my part, too. You know, it's like the guy that prayed, you know, please let me win the lottery. And God came back and said, you know, meet me halfway, buy a ticket. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, thank you for sharing your story. Uh, I don't know if you realize, but the Digicom Cafe stands for Digital Communications Christian Amateur Fellowship. And we're not ashamed of our faith here. We don't. Yeah, that's great. We don't beat no, people I'm up well with aware it. of that. Oh, you were? Okay, wonderful. Well, I love it when we uh, have guests that uh, share their testimony of, you know, what Christ has done in their life. And you get to maybe better understand why people are who they are in the hobby. And we're trying to create a culture of kindness. And I think it's all coming from uh, uh, my favorite verse. It says it's the kindness and love of God that leads us to repentance or to change our life. And so we want to have a platform and a community where people are kind to one another and listen, acknowledge and share and just love each other, no matter where they're coming from. Sure. Well, so. and, and, uh, you know, Mello, uh, is, is a, is a good man of faith. And, uh, he and I have shared a lot of things with each other. We've had a, we've had some similar experiences far younger than I am, but just about everybody is. You're the only person I've met so far. That's the same age as I am. <laughs> there are a couple of guys older, not many, most of them are, are younger. Uh, but Mello and I have, have, have had many talks about this. And I said, you know, uh, I really do believe in my heart of hearts that uh, the Lord is going to has a plan for everybody, for everybody. And he hasn't revealed his plan to me yet. Uh, I will tell you, I'm 68 years old, and, and he still hasn't revealed his plan. But I think he's going to. I, I know he's going to. I know he has a plan for me. What he wants me to do yet, I'm not 100% sure. I really thought it was going to be flying uh, because I thought at one point I would just go, uh, you know, fly for missionaries because, uh, you know, they have to get around in some of these uh, little uh, nasty places they go. Uh, but that wasn't it. Uh, so, you know, uh, I, I'm, I'm ready, willing, and able. When he says this is what I want you to do, uh, then that's what we're going to do. I think you've already been doing it, Dennis. I think uh, like looking at uh, the underside of an Afghan or some of those things that people make and they tie the ugly knots and stuff on the backside and see the beautiful parts on the top side, I think right. God, God looks down at your life. You're looking up at the knots and the disorganization of a lot of things, but from above, God sees the pattern, the plan. And I think that you've been faithful over the years to uh, bring glory to him and whatever you've gone through and with your words. And I know for me, this Digicom Cafe is what I'm called to. I tell people now, this is my ministry. This is what I'm called to do. It's all the things I've loved to do over the years wrapped up into one thing. And uh, I think it helps to validate people and their story and, and love on them and let God do the rest. Uh, but like Moses, when he was called by God to save his people, he said, I, I, I can't talk. I mean, I, I st stutter. He said, you can't yeah. use me. And he says, well, what's in your hand? staff will strike the rock strike the water so the message years ago came to me what's in your hand being yeah. a ham for 50 years uh, a microphone's in my hand and if i can use this 
to bring God's love to people in our subculture of society, the amateur radio community, and help the ham radio community grow, then uh, this is my mission for the rest of my life, and I'm having a blast. Well, I'm glad you're doing that. Uh, do you have an organization? Nope. This is just my okay. digital playground. Okay. Uh, because I, I do contribute to uh, certain organizations. I give, uh, well, not just, well, I'll just tell you a little personal thing, but uh, one of the things I'm big on is when somebody says I'm telling you something personal, they can take it to the bank. It'll never be said to anybody else from these lips. That's one thing I'm really good at mm -hmm. is keeping secrets. Um, but I'll tell you a little personal thing. My wife and I uh, have uh, her money, my money, and our money. Uh, she inherited, uh, I, I, the only thing I inherited was my parents' bills. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I was really, God really blessed me very early on. I bought Amazon at $10 a share. Um, I bought Home Depot when it was, I think it was 6 or $7 a share. Uh, and I got pretty lucky with some investments. And also, airline pilots, one of the things they have is a lot of time. They love to complain about how hard they work, but really they only work about seven or eight days a month because you're only allowed to fly 100 hours a month. And, you know, it doesn't take long when you're flying from New York to Madrid, Spain. It doesn't take long to accumulate 100 hours. So they have a lot of time on their hands. And so during my off time, I – built uh, seven of these coin-operated self-service car washes, you know, the kind you go in, it's got the foaming brush and a little wand that you with a trigger and all that right. sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. I built seven of those and operated them. I was fortunate enough that every single one of them made a profit, and I sold them all to a small investor group. And so what we do is um, every month when it's time to pay the bills, uh, Miss Ann, my wife, will say, okay, uh, the bills this month are this much money, and I'll transfer half into our what we call house account, and she'll transfer half in. And then the the personal money, like her, her money came from her family, so uh, I don't touch that. And in my money, uh, she doesn't touch it, but we both have access to it if we had to. But what we do is we contribute to certain organizations. One of our favorite is Samaritan's Purse, sure. uh, Franklin Graham's organization. And uh, and we're always looking for places to uh, that we can help out. So uh, in your ministry, being a communications ministry, I'm sure you're going to run into to, uh, organizations that uh, are doing God's work, and you really believe in your heart of hearts they are doing what God has called them to do. And uh, but they just need a little little financial push. Uh, don't be shy or embarrassed about getting in touch with me. Well, I can tell you right now that there's uh, one ministry we have a real heart for here in our local community. I was on the board of directors here for a couple of years, and uh, they've been bringing in more of the women that have been part of this program. It's called Tetelestai House. It's a ministry to women getting out of jail and prison with drug addiction who have lost right. everything. And so the gal who is the director, uh, she's a good friend from church, she uh, tells her story of uh, getting hooked on meth right out of high school. She was a basketball star, wanted to be a coach and a, maybe play in professional basketball. Uh, but when she started going to college, she was invited to a party and was offered one hit of meth. And she thought, wow, what can this hurt? She was gone for 16 years. 
And Whoa. She was making it, selling it, stealing to pay for it, ended up in yep. prison uh, for a couple of years. She was looking at a 30-year term, and in prison she found Christ through a, a ministry there, Bible study, and uh, they, they got her out, and she started going to this little country church here just a couple miles from us that we're a part of, and uh, wanted to help these other gals because when they get out, they have nowhere to go except back to the same crack house they came from. Sure. And it's just a revolving door. So uh, she started working with our pastor and talking about, I need a home that we can house these gals in, put them in this program for a year where we can get them on their feet and help them out financially and restore their relationships with their families and stuff. So it's been around right. here now for five years. We just finished building a house specifically for them now. She's uh, She's a transformed person. If you met her, you would never believe that she has come from that background. In fact, just a couple of weeks ago, she was pardoned by our Arkansas governor. And now uh. she is free to go into any jail and prison to share the gospel. And so, uh, you know, it's tough out here in a small community like this to raise the funds to uh, support her and the ministry sure. and pay expenses. So we're always looking for assistance there. And here in the cafe, I do a lot of strategic partnerships. One of them is with a very exciting group called The Bible Project. Uh, these are some talented artists, videographers, and cartoonists uh, out there on the West Coast up in uh, Oregon. And uh, you've got to see their website. It is fantastic. And so we uh, have a strategic partnership with them. We use their materials to help introduce people to the Bible, how to understand the Bible, that it's uh, one unified story leading to Jesus. And uh, so proud to be connected with them. Uh, we're also connected with WTWW, which is owned by a Christian family, and they uh, want to spread the gospel to the whole world through their right. uh, radio station in Nashville. You may have heard of them. Uh, Ted. Uh, I have, as a yeah. matter of fact. Yep, that's why you hear their commercials on, on our blogs and stuff, our web, our cafe cast, right. as I call them. In fact, uh, uh, he's going to start putting up some commercials for what we're doing here on his uh, shortwave radio station, too, so we're pretty excited uh -huh. about that. So, yeah, there's always needs. Personally, I'm not in this for money. I'm retired and comfortable. Uh, we're not rich, but uh, my needs are met. And uh, I'm so thrilled that I can do ministry from way out here in the sticks, from my ham shack that I call the Digicom Cafe Communications Network. So, Well, it sounds to me like you and I uh, have some things in common. Uh, I'm also retired. I'm also not wealthy, but uh, I'm not going to have to worry about where my next meal is coming from. Um, if you will send me links, I'm particularly interested in the the X meth head uh, or X tweaker we used to call him. Yeah. Because and here comes another personal side. I have an identical twin brother, identical, uh, except I think he weighs probably 150 pounds more than I, I do. I have not seen nor talked to him in 17 years. He has been on drugs since he was probably 16 years old. And he got on the crystal meth, uh, the really hard crystal meth. Uh, they had a name for it. I forgot what it is. But anyway, and was on it for years. I understand now that he's not on it, uh, but I'm not sure I believe that or not. But anyway, the way I look at it is I lost my brother. You know, he's gone. I tried everything I could to help him, and I just ended up being his enabler because I'd give him money, and, of course, it would go to buy meth with. Um, so I'm particularly interested in, in her little organization, but, um, and again, I'm not a, a wealthy man, but I, I like to, I like to donate. I can send a little bit here and a little bit there, you know, 
couple of hundred bucks at a time here and over there. So if you'll send me the information, a link to it, or just tell me how to get in touch with her, uh, I'll get her a check out. That's awesome. Well, I recorded her story here in my uh, Cafe Cast uh, quite a while okay. ago. I'll send you the link to that episode. You can hear her personal story right there, and uh, she'll have the contact information there, too, for you. So it's awful generous Great. of you. I like to put money where I know it's going to be used. You know, some of these national, well, most of these national charities, when you donate to them, uh, you know, 10 cents may go to what you hoped it was going for, and the rest of it goes to administrative costs and salaries and marketing so they can keep marketing and exactly. keep marketing. Exactly. So I, I like to, to, to give, and so does my wife as well. Uh, we like to give where we know it's going to, the money is going to get some immediate direct use for the purpose yep. that we thought it was. So. I, like, I can guarantee you to tell us that house, every penny of it goes to helping the girls. And uh, getting them in this program, like I said, I was part of the board for uh, quite a while, and we uh, helped them with their marketing, social media marketing and things. In fact, we got uh, one of the film producers up in Branson, uh, got so hooked on them. He he invested 15000 in doing uh, some videos to help them promote Ooh. it with video. It was from the Mansion Theater. Oh, he did a fabulous job. So uh, we've been trying to help bring some some uh, news out to the rest of the world. They they don't know of Omaha, Arkansas, population 167. Nobody knows about what's going on here. So I'm trying to help them get the word out and uh, help people to support regularly like we do. We support them monthly. We support uh, the Bible Project and several other groups too, plus our own church. So uh, we love to see the, the lives change. We know these girls. They come to our church when they're in the program. Many of them all tatted up, you know, and broken. Oh, yeah. They end up coming to Christ, and we baptize them and teach them and send them off with uh, being reunited with their kids and their husbands and their parents. It's just exciting. Well, that that sounds like something right up my alley. So, uh, uh, like I said, as soon as I get the information, uh, and, and, and she's not going to get uh, a new house out of me. Oh, no. I don't have that kind of. <laughs> but, uh, but I can send, like I said, a couple hundred bucks here, a couple hundred bucks there. Uh, maybe two or three times a month, uh, I can do that. That's so, awesome. um, and, and happy to do so. I, I just would rather do that. It's just amazing. When I go check our mail in Marietta, I get most of my mail up here at the cabin, but when I go check our mail in Marietta, it's, it's so, we had to get a big, bigger mailbox because everybody sells your name, uh, to somebody else and they sell your name to somebody else. You end up on all these lists and all these national charities, and you look at the slick advertising and all that, and you go, well, that's where my money's going for all this slick advertising. I want the money to go right. uh, to help a burn victim. Right. You know, I, I don't want it to go to promote we need more money to help burn victims. Yeah. Um, and I know people want to advertise and spread the word, but I would rather put my money where I can see it used. Uh, it's been a great pleasure talking to you. Uh, and welcome to QSO America. Uh, we're delighted to have you. And I, I imagine you're going to be teaching me something about uh, computers <laughs> and internets and things like that because I know nothing, nothing. <laughs> uh, well, I'm looking forward to a, a growing friendship and uh, have another dentist at 68 years old. It's pretty cool. <laughs> And uh, this Cafe Cast is also a blog cast, so uh, I'm going to share links to your QRZ page, and if you don't mind, okay. I'll, I'll post some pictures there of your, your setup. That's very inspiring to see such a, a cool ham shack. It almost looks like a recording studio. 
That's what somebody else said. Well, I used to own a radio station. That's one of the other things I did. I owned an AM radio station in Loris, South Carolina, WLSC. Wow. Uh, And uh, turned it into a 24-hour station. It was daytime only when I bought it. Found a frequency where we could go 24 hours so we could broadcast the local high school football games live. And and so, uh, and I was a broadcast engineer on the side, of course, for years. And uh, so when I built this, I said, you know, I want something that's functional. I want to be able to get to everything I need to get to. Uh, the only thing that I didn't do, and I'm now correcting that, is I made it a one-man shack. I'm now turning it into a two-man shack or two-person shack, to, to be correct, because uh, I don't do contesting. Uh, but if somebody should ever want to do contesting or, or, uh, uh, satellite work or whatever, and when you need two people, we'll have a two person position. So right now everything's kind of torn out. Uh, I'm putting things in the server rack. Uh, I'm moving as much stuff in the server rack as I can, but, but yeah, feel free to do so. Um, uh, they're not the greatest photographs in the world, but, uh, yeah, whatever. Well, I'll tell you. I think I'm going to be making a trip to Georgia someday. <laughs> well, it, you're welcome. You're welcome at the cabin anytime. I think we're just beginning to touch the surface of your story. Well, we might have to pick up on this from time to time and see what you're up to. <laughs> yeah, uh, I like, like I said, I like to stay in the background because uh, for most of my life, I went at about 120 miles an hour. Oh boy! And. Uh, and then when I retired, everybody said, oh, you, you won't stay retired. You won't stay retired. You'll hate retirement. I love retirement. Yeah, me too. I, I absolutely love it. Yeah. Well, uh, God bless your brother. Thank you for your time. And uh, we will be staying in touch. And I'm thrilled and honored to meet a new friend. Well, and uh, same on this end. And I look forward to talking to you on the radio. You have a wonderful, blessed day. You too. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. Hi, this is Extra Class Amateur Radio Operator, K5DCC. I just upgraded to my Extra Class last year. You know how I did it? I used HamTest Online. Did you know that HamTest Online is the top-rated study program on eham.net? 97% of reviewers gave them 5 stars. They have more 5-star user reviews than all other study methods combined. And success is guaranteed. If you fail the amateur radio license exam, they will refund your subscription. It's a no-brainer. You pass the exam or get a full refund. Try it for yourself at hamtestonline.com. Today's daily devotional is entitled Christian Complacency. Joshua 5.12 reads, Then the manna ceased on the day after they had eaten the produce of the land, and the children of Israel no longer had manna, but they ate the food of the land of Canaan that year. As God's children, we can get so used to how God takes care of us that we become complacent in our attitudes towards Him. I remember many days in the past when God provided for me and my family in ways that were simply amazing and out of the ordinary that proved without any doubt that it came from God. We would praise God and celebrate His provision. Today, He still does it. But I have to remind myself continually that all provision, regardless of how extraordinary or ordinary the manner by which it comes might seem, is from the Lord. 
Jesus promised that all our needs will be met if we seek first the kingdom of God in Matthew chapter 6 verses 25-34. In this instance, once the Israelites were providentially provided for using the food that was grown by those whom God was taking the land from, the, the manna, food of angels that had been supernaturally supplied, ceased. Yet, the fact that they had plenty of corn to feed the lot of them was still an amazing act of provision by the Lord. It's very easy for us to, be, uh, to begin a journey down that slippery slope of failing to continually thank God for our provision. Why does this happen? It happens because we become self-sufficient. And that self-sufficiency turns into complacency, where we become almost smug about our ability to provide for ourselves and our families. God blesses us by allowing us to advance at work and maybe earn more money, but we forget that our talents and abilities came from God. We forget that each day we take a breath and are healthy enough to go to work, it's because of God's grace. Everything we are provided with, regardless of how great or small, regardless of how it came to us, came by way of God's provision. We must not only thank God when He provides in ways we deem supernatural, but also in times when our provision comes in seemingly ordinary ways. God's provision can come from many avenues. In the case of the Israelites, God used the corn grown by the Canaanites. The Apostle Paul praised the Philippian church for the provision God provided him through them in Philippians chapter 4. Some of us live in places where we can buy food and store it and have for the coming days if the Lord tarries or doesn't take us home. However, there are still places in the world where Christians must literally pray, give us this day our daily bread as we know from Matthew 6, 11. I find that Christians who live in these places do not forget to thank God daily because they have to depend on God's provision from day to day. Whereas we who live in places where we can store and hoard uh, have to be more diligent about not becoming complacent. This portion of scripture is a wonderful reminder that God provides for us regardless of our circumstances and does it in various ways. The Israelites did not have jobs or homes, yet God provided them with food and shelter, much as he does for the birds of the air, as we know from Matthew 6. The word of God tells us that neither their garments nor their sandals wore out in Deuteronomy 29.5, where it reads, And I have led you forty years in the wilderness. Your clothes have not worn out on you, and your sandals have not worn out on your feet. God may choose to provide what we need by allowing the things that we have to to last us beyond the years they were made to last. Sadly, too many of God's children have become covetous and bought into the world's philosophy that new is better, only to create financial woes for themselves over things they really didn't need. Let us not become complacent Christians or covetous, but be people who are thankful in all things for all things and appreciate what God provides for us, even when it comes by quote-unquote ordinary means. Today, God extends an invitation to you uh, to accept this free gift of salvation. Will you accept it? Anyone who calls on Jesus by faith and repentance, confessing your sins, will receive eternal life. Do not put off calling on Him and receive Him and His free gift of salvation today. Thank you for visiting and listening to this radio on the Rocks Cafe Cast. You can also listen to all of our Cafe Casts on your Amazon devices by asking Alexa to play Radio on the Rocks. Visit our blogcast at digicomcafe.com 
for our show notes and additional content, and join our growing Cafe Mighty Network. <laughs>